Roses are red. Violets are blue. This holiday has a past better left unsaid. Here's a Valentine's present for our creepy crew. Happy Valentine's Day, ghouls. For this month's full episode, we have a sweet Valentine treat for all of you. The first thing that probably comes to your mind when you hear Valentine's Day is probably cards and chocolates. But we're here today to tell you all about the dark side of this romantic holiday. Welcome to Spooky Pasta Sauce, the pop culture and gaming podcast where I, Cleo, serve you a heaping helping of spooky stories for you to devour alongside my lovely co-host, Momo. That's me. Together, we'll uncover all kinds of spooks from mild to spicy. Valentine's Day occurs every year on February 14th. In addition to the United States, Valentine's Day is celebrated in Canada, Mexico, the United Kingdom, France, and Australia. Wow. That's just a handful of countries, but it's more than I was expecting. Yeah, I know. I was a little surprised, too. I was like, oh. Interesting. Well, in the United States... An estimated 145 million valentines are sent each year, making it the second largest greeting card holiday after Christmas. And I bet you that's only because people do those like family Christmas cards. Yeah, I bet. You know, and also Krampus cards. I'm sure that's in there. I hope so. I hope that's still, uh, that tradition is still going strong. If I ever see one in the store, I'm buying it and sending it to you. <laughs> Greetings from Krampus and Cleo. (laughs) Valentine celebrations in the United States started in the early 1700s, but the history of this holiday goes back much further. Handmade paper cards were the hit gift during the Middle Ages to express your love to the person you had a crush on. Yeah. The Industrial Revolution brought with it factory-made cards in the 19th century. In 1847 specifically, Esther Howland, also known as the mother of the Valentine, became one of the first U.S. manufacturers of Valentine cards, and she produced elaborate creations with real lace, ribbons, and colorful pictures known as scrap. Oh, I wonder if this was also the start of, like, scrapbooking. Oh, interesting. The 1800s were a great century before Valentine's. In 1868, Richard Cadbury created the first chocolate box. Cadbury is one of my favorite chocolates. Is it? Did not know that. Oh, those Cadbury eggs, the mini eggs. Oh, those are so good. (laughs) And now they kind of make them for every season because they do Christmas and Halloween too. I did not know that. Oh. Yeah. And in case you were wondering, you can already buy the Cadbury mini <laughs> eggs in the store. Nice. <laughs> but I'm sure that was a fire chocolate box back in 1868. Oh, yeah. And then almost 100 years after Esther Howland started the tradition of fancy lacy cards, Hallmark began mass producing Valentines in 1913. But as you can imagine... With as many as 145 million valentines being sent, these mass-produced cards became much less elaborate and more like the ones we see today with, you know, 
with little pictures of hearts and cute puppies and animals and baby cupids and the ones that all the elementary kids <laughs> give to everybody in their class. Yeah. I remember doing that. I think I even still have some of those. Aw, cute. Just like little random Valentines. Yeah. And I definitely have some shark Valentine's cards because I bought a set, but I only have one Valentine. So <laughs> he just gets the same <laughs> cards every year. <laughs> but one of these icons, Baby Cupid, also has a history of his own. If you're enjoying the show and would like to support the podcast, check us out on patreon.com slash spooky pasta sauce. Right now, we are accepting any and all contributions, and we have a $1 tier available. We have some exciting ideas for future bonus content, so stay tuned to hear when we'll be adding additional tiers. So what exactly is Cupid? So when we think of Cupid, we usually think of like a chonky cherub with a bow and arrow. Usually this little chonky boy would be shooting arrows to make people fall in love or, you know, some kind of think of him as a matchmaker. In Greek mythology, Cupid's origin is also kind of murky, depending on what story you follow. Originally known as Eros, first mentioned in 700 BC, he has an interesting lineage. So some stories describe him as the son of Nyx and Erebus, or Aphrodite and Ares, oh. or Iris and Zephyrus, or even Aphrodite and Zeus, which would make Zeus his father and his grandfather. <laughs> kind of a yikes there. I feel like I've heard that one, though. Yeah. The Aphrodite and Zeus thing. I feel like that's probably the most common one. I feel like I kind of knew that when I had looked that up and I was like, oh, I didn't didn't realize that, though, about it. So interesting. Well, I, I think there was a there was a lot of incest and inbreeding going on in <laughs> Greek mythology. Yeah, I think those are things they gloss over when they teach that to you as, as a child. Oh, yeah. yeah. They just hope you're not quite paying attention to. Yeah. So now I'm like, oh, OK. <laughs> Details we could skip. Yeah. Yeah. OK. So in most of these stories, though, Eros is armed with a bow and quiver filled with golden arrows to arouse desire or lead arrows to ignite aversion. Oh, I feel like either of those would be very painful options. Oh, yeah, right? You'd probably die from lead poisoning. <laughs> I don't know if they were thinking about that. But yeah. No, yeah, just clearly not. But... Yeah. <laughs> oh. Well, this mischievous god was known for striking the hearts of both gods and mortals to play with their emotions. In one story, huh? Cupid shoots an arrow at Apollo, who fell madly in love with the nymph Daphne, who Eros then shot with a leaden arrow to make her be repulsed by him. Rude. <laughs> love triangle gone wrong. Yep, pretty much. <laughs> And actually, Cupid has a love story of his own. Ooh. Yeah. So in another allegory, Cupid's mother, Venus, or Aphrodite, became jealous of a beautiful human named Psyche. So she sent Cupid to make Psyche fall in love with a monster. Aww. <laughs> Ouchies, right? <laughs> Cupid, however, became so enamored by Psyche that he instead married her with the condition that she could never see his face. Hmm. Psyche was curious, though, and eventually stole a glance that made Cupid so angry that he fled. Psyche did not give up. She roamed the world in search of Cupid. And once they were reunited, she was granted the gift of immortality. Ooh. I, I mean, know. at least it had a happy ending, I guess. Yeah. But she and her mother-in-law are never going get, to get along. No. 
Yeah, so I don't know. <laughs> so from the poetry during this time, Eros was often represented as a studly immortal who was irresistible to both man and gods, but over time was portrayed more and more as the playful, mischievous child that we know today, a chunky little cherub. In the <laughs> 19th century, Victorians who are credited for popularizing Valentine's Day as a romantic holiday began using Ooh. this depiction of Cupid, and it has lasted to this day. Yeah, I thought you'd like that fact because the victorians yeah, those victorians man <laughs> yeah lasting power of their uh influence there right so crazy yep. we really need to do a full episode on mm-hmm. on the victorian era yeah, i agree well cupid isn't the only one with a bit of a dark history valentine's day itself has quite an old and shady past mm, does it oh indeed it does valentine's may have started in ancient rome with the feast of lupercalia celebrated from february 13th to the 15th so not just one day it was a whole out party wow festival mm-hmm. festival and it was started off with the slaughter of a goat and a dog sad but what? yeah that's how they kicked it off <laughs> It's been dark real fast. Starting out strong. Yeah. And then they would use the animal hides from the sacrificed dog and goat, and they would whip all of the women what? who would line the streets and get really excited for this part because... They believed that participating in this tradition would make the women more fertile. And Valentine's, or Lupercalia more specifically, was not a festival of love, mm-hmm. but the festival of fertility. Oh, how interesting. Yeah. Did not it's, know that. It's not about your feelings. It's all about making babies. <laughs> Different time. But obviously, these were some wild parties Mm -hmm. starting out with sacrifices and whatnot and on two different occasions emperor claudius ii executed two men both named valentine on february 14th of different years in the third century wow yeah two different years he just he picked guys named valentine and said (laughs) all right up on the chopping block These men were then honored by the Catholic Church with a sainthood and the celebration of St. Valentine's Day. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, you know, the church version Mm -hmm. of the holiday. (laughs) Now, much like ancient Greeks and their varying stories, multiple versions of things. Mm-hmm. The history here is a little bit muddled as well. Okay. But there have been some historians who have said that a couple different figures could have fit this role or that maybe they were the same person, actually. Oh. Which I don't see how that's possible. Like, are there just two different stories and it says they're about different people? Because mm-hmm. how could he have been executed twice? <laughs> that doesn't really... <laughs> Really. The up. logic isn't yeah, the logic isn't logicking. Yeah, the math ain't mathin'. One Valentine had been prosecuted by the Emperor Claudius II Gothicus. And I love that that's at the end of his name. Yeah. And now I'm upset that the first resource was not referring to him as Gothicus the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> But Gothicus prosecuted this man, Valentine, mm-hmm. after he refused to worship the Roman gods. While in prison, he signed a letter that said, From your Valentine to a woman he allegedly healed from blindness. Ooh. 
So he seems more of a Jesus figure than mm-hmm. somebody who had a crush also. I'm getting very mixed feelings. How did we get to where we are today? <laughs> very confused, yeah. Because none of these things say Valentine to me. Yeah. I mean, the fertility thing, I guess I get, but <laughs> all the kind rest of, of this. Kind of. Many have said that the holiday could be inspired by this version of Valentine's mm-hmm. kindness and love. Okay. But around the same time, a priest named St. Valentine of Torini went against the emperor's orders and secretly married young, swooning couples. Emperor Gothicus, however, believed unmarried men made better soldiers. Nothing to love, less to lose. So he was not down for all of these secret weddings. Uh Gothicus executed him on February 14th, around 269 AD. History says, since he died for the sin of arranging marriages, his death is remembered as a day of love. But just like a lot of things that have a not-so-pleasant past, Mm -hmm. history and historians have romanticized this holiday, turning it into the fluffy, lacy version we have today. (laughs) Yeah. This was also made possible by the authors Chaucer and Shakespeare, who romanticized the holiday in their work, making it gain popularity throughout Britain and the rest of Europe. Mm, Interesting. But another famous author who was fond of Valentine's is one of our other goth icons, Edgar Allan Poe. Oh, really? Yeah. He wrote a poem to his Valentine or his platonic lover. Francis Sergeant Osgood. He penned this rhyme for his beloved and has hidden her name in between the lines of the text. Wow. So it's kind of like a puzzle. Yeah. Yeah. The poem was first published in the February 21st, 1846 issue of the New York Evening Mirror. The previous title of the poem was To Her Whose Name is Written Below, you know, because he hid it in the poem. Oh, I get it. Thank you. (laughs) But before publishing, Poe, who may have been a romantic himself, presented the poem at a public literary salon at the home of Anne Lynch Boda on the 14th of February, 1846. Wow. Full on the theme. So I thought instead of a creepypasta, we would go back to our dark history roots. And I. I'm prepared to recite this poem for you, Momo, as long as you'll be my valentine. Yes. Okay. The new name of the poem is A Valentine by Edgar Allan Poe, which I guess makes it more approachable for a wider audience. (laughs) Yes. For her, this rhyme is penned, whose luminous eyes, brightly expressive as the twins of Leda, shall find her own sweet name, that nesting lies upon the page and wrapped from every reader search narrowly the lines they hold a treasure divine a talisman an amulet that must be worn at heart search well the measure the words the syllables do not forget the trivialist point or you may lose your labor and yet there is no gordian knot which one might not undo without a saber, if one could merely comprehend the plot. And written upon the leaf where now are peering, eyes scintillating soul, 
there lie Purdue three eloquent words oft uttered in the hearing of poets, by poets, as the name is a poet's too. Its letters, although naturally lying like the knight Pinto, Mendez Fernando, still form a synonym for truth. Cease trying. You will not read the riddle, though you do the best you can do. Wow. Very like... I feel like I didn't breathe the whole time I was doing that. <laughs> oh my gosh. This this poem is like I like the first parts. It's very like but then it got confusing, I think, with the, the riddles, because he's like like you said, he's like hiding her name in there, right? It, yeah, so it's She's an acrostic poem mm-hmm. and her name is hidden within the lines of the poem. And I believe that the way you solve it mm-hmm. is you have to read the first letter of the first line in connection with the second letter of the second line, the third letter of the third line. <laughs> and the scheme has to be followed until the very end. So it's quite oh. a complicated riddle. So I can see why at the end he was like, ha ha ha, you're not going to get it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and her name is quite but long. I love that. So. Yeah. Francis Sergeant Osgood. And mm-hmm. he put the whole thing in there. Yeah. Which is why he put Fernando in the end. Uh-huh. Because he needed the F, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Oh, cool. An OG creepypasta. OG creepypasta. Yeah. Just a, just a weird Valentine-y poem in a magazine. <laughs> hey, did you read that weird thing that Edgar Allan Poe had published? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Even today, I'm still like, what? Yeah, it was in the New York <laughs> Evening Mirror. Huh? <laughs> I would have emailed that to you if mm-hmm. that was an option. Nice. Start an email chain. Well, back then, we wouldn't have ever even met each other because of the internet. Yeah, very true. Well, this is a great older example of Valentine's Day in pop culture, but we have another slightly more modern example for you. Thank you again for listening to Spooky Pasta Sauce. If you've been enjoying the show so far, it would help us out a lot if you could give us a five-star rating or leave a review. We read all of our ratings because your support and feedback is so important to us. You know I love 80s horror. <laughs> and Momo is a really good sport. Yeah. <laughs> so for the very first time, I watched the 1981 version of My Bloody Valentine. And I say that because they remade it in 2009. Oh, did they? They did, and it was in 3D. So 3D. I am very intrigued. I think I I think I need to watch the remake. Get the glasses. Obviously not in 3D. No, no. I think I can skip that part, but (laughs) but I remember being junior high and Uh that coming out yeah and i was like old enough to be into spooky stuff but yeah, yeah. i didn't want to go see that in the theaters <laughs> or in 3d no way 14 <laughs> year old cleo was not ready <laughs> uh, but adult cleo loved the 1981 version of my bloody valentine nice i've never watched it so i know nothing as per usual it was my very first time so i had minimal to zero expectations going into this which i think is generally the best way to go about horror because then i feel like the stuff that's supposed to be shocking is shocking Mm -hmm. you know like you it's not like where you saw the scariest parts in the trailer 
hate movies that are like that. Yeah. I would almost always rather go in with no expectation. Makes sense. Anyways, are you ready to learn <sighs> some more about my bloody Valentine? I'm ready. Buckle up. Okay. All right. It takes place in a mining town called Valentine Bluffs. Of course, it's a mining town. <laughs> Fun fact, it's a Canadian movie as well. Is it? I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, they drink Canadian beer. And then I watched the credits to see if it was Canadian or not. (laughs) Because the main character has a weird accent. And I was just trying to place it the whole time. I was like, where are you from? (laughs) Yeah. I know know you've said you're not like the best with accents, so. Oh, I'm not. I'm not very good at like, I don't have an ear for accents. Yeah. But then also like there's acting. So it's like, was it, was he doing a good accent? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But the town of Valentine's Bluffs is about to host a Valentine's dance. Oh, okay. Yeah. Except that much like the holiday itself, this town has a very dark history. The cliff notes, I guess. I love the cliff notes. Of this movie (laughs) would be scary minor killer who escaped from a mental hospital is coming to ruin the Valentine's Day dance. Oh, yikes. And I feel like that's really all you need to know about this movie. (laughs) Wow. Except for the fact that there's also a steamy love triangle going on as a side story to, you know, you can't have it just be all blood and Mm -hmm. slasher. Yeah. So our side story is all like this love triangle going on between a girl whose ex-boyfriend left town to live in the big city. Mm -hmm. Now he's back in town working at the mines. And so she's dating somebody new because he just left. Uh What was she supposed to do? Yeah. Now he's back and she's very conflicted. So there's really, really good love story going yeah, on. Nice. We also get some elderly romance appreciation. Okay. The town police chief and the lady who runs the laundromat might have oh. might have a little bit of romance going on. She sends him a box of chocolates for Valentine's Day. Oh, probably Cadbury. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> but I don't know if that's. Do they have that? Yeah, I don't know. So, oh goodness. I don't even know how to, like, how does it get from scary? It sounds like such a grand old time (laughs) Valentine's Day dance. But I guess that's just how much I liked it. It's like, it's a good movie. It's not just a, you know, because some horror movies just, like, don't have a good story. It's just about the spooks and jump scares and gore. Mm -hmm. I like this one. And I think our slasher might have a better motivation than Jason's mom. Really? I don't know. It was on the fence. Okay. Thought about taking his side for a hot second. (laughs) Wow. But let me, let me explain Mm -hmm. a bit more. So we've got some lore going on in this movie as well, which we both love. Yeah, we both love lore. I paid very close attention to this part just for you, Momo. (laughs) Thank you. You're welcome. Here's our slasher minor backstory. Our spooky killer has a very good reason for being a killer. It was the night of the Valentine's Day dance. Everyone in town was there except for seven minors, five of them still down below. Two supervisors were waiting for the men to come up. Anxious to get to the party, they left before making sure the men were safely out. What? Better places to be. Yeah. Failing to check the methane gas levels in the tunnels below. So, their negligence leads to a massive underground explosion. Oh my god. And five men were buried alive as the uh. town continued to party. <laughs> my god. <laughs> wow. I would be bitter. I yeah. would be bitter. Yeah. That's why I was like, okay, maybe I see. Yeah. Why? <laughs> I understand. I'm understanding the bloody part of the bloody Valentine, yeah. Yes. Okay. Also, the best part of this is that you get the lore from the like creepy looking old bartender in Love the movie. It. As you should. 
best yes, source. I feel like that's the best source of yeah. information and advice on this type of thing. Always. Well, yeah. And he starts going into the whole story because the youths in the town mm-hmm. are all like joking, like, ha, 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 like, that's dumb. That's just an old story. Like, oh, we're going to have a Valentine's dance. It's going to be amazing. Yep. <laughs> so for six weeks, we dug around the clock to try and save them. After we broke through, one man was found alive. Six weeks? Yikes. Oh Six my weeks. God. Yeah. Underground. Yeah. In tunnels full of methane that just exploded. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. So the scary bartender was the guy that found him. <gasps> oh. And when he found him, he was eating one of the other guy's legs. Oh my God. Oh my uh-huh. God. <laughs> but I guess that's how he survived the six weeks down there. Yeah. Ugh. Harry Warden, your slasher, mm. spent the next year in the state mental hospital. Exactly one year later, on Valentine's Day, he came back to tell. He killed the two supervisors who had left their posts the year before. Then he cut out their hearts and stuffed them into heart-shaped candy boxes. What? <laughs> oh it's Valentine's Day. <laughs> Staying on theme. Uh, (laughs) That night, at the dance, we found the boxes. Blood dripping out the sides. Inside was a note. A warning from Harry never to hold a Valentine's dance ever again. Dang. That's real spooky. Real spooky. Okay, and that, I think, was one of my favorite parts of the movie, is that, like, every time somebody gets killed, they find, like, a little heart-shaped card, (laughs) and it has, like, a roses are red, violets are blue poem in it. What? (laughs) Yeah. It is wild. The lady that owns the laundromat, she finds one, and it's like, one is dead, and soon you'll be too. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah. So, every February 14th, Harry comes back to town, his pickaxe stained with blood, waiting in the shadows of the mine, just for someone to kill. Should they not heed his warning? It could be you! Dang. <laughs> yeah. That's hitting a little hard, because I'm playing a lot of Stardew, so I'm just like, oh man, not the bloody pickaxe. Just be careful down in those mines. Yeah, right? <laughs> well, <laughs> oh, this movie was very good though. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it. I yeah. had to rewatch it a couple of times because I fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Momo and I have decided that it's not because the movie wasn't scary, it's just because I am unhinged. <laughs> Maybe a little. Might be. Just a, just a little. Just after hearing all those details about this movie, I don't think I could sleep. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I want to tell you about two of the of the best kills. Yeah. Okay. One of them, the lady that owns the laundromat, mm-hmm. the police chief finds her in a dryer. No. Yeah. Ugh. Uh-huh. And then the other one that's really good, the scary bartender, mm-hmm. after he, you know, tells this dark, spooky story yeah. to the youths, mm-hmm. once they decide to... Okay, so a couple people start dying... Mm-hmm. And then the mayor is like, we need to cancel the dance. It's Harry Warden. He's come back. Oh, God. And they call the mental hospital. And the mental hospital, of course, is like, well, we don't have any record of him here. <gasps> yeah. So he's on the loose. Uh-huh. So they decide to cancel the 
dance, but then the young people in town decide that they should have a party instead of a dance. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And uh, since they've already been threatened not to have any parties in town, they decide that they should go out and do it at the mine. Oh my God. So they have a Valentine's Day party at the mine. Yikes. (laughs) Yeah. And it it doesn't go great. Mm. A group of kids goes down into the mines and then, you know. Yep. I think only two of them make it out. Dang. But if it wasn't so scary, you would like this one because it's not like high school kids. It's yeah. actually like 20 somethings. Like they're all hanging out at the bar at uh-huh. one point. Uh-huh. They've got jobs. Like, yeah, yeah. Dang. I liked that too. Because I, I don't know. I'm an adult now. I don't want to watch a bunch of high school kids getting, getting yeah. murdered. Yeah. I would rather see young adults and people my own age. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's the one with the lady in the dryer. And then the other one, the old bartender, after he tells them all the story about mm-hmm. like why they shouldn't have a dance or a party or any yeah. of that stuff. They plan this party in the bar. So the bartender overhears them and he knows what they're going to do. Yeah. So he goes out to the mines and he decides he's going to play a prank on them. And he rigs this like set of miners equipment behind a door so that like when you open the door this like dummy like swings down a pickaxe and it's just supposed to be like a jump scare yeah but he's like testing it out after he gets it all set up yeah and he can't he can't stop like laughing at his own prank (laughs) so he like keeps opening the door oh my god and then one of the times it's not the dummy it's Harry Warden. Oh my god. And he kills him. What? Yeah. Okay, but does Harry Warden so, set up the prank again? No. <laughs> no, okay. but that would have been good. <laughs> oh man. Oh, I feel like that's what, what I would have done. Go out. I can see. Like my prank's amazing. Slashed. Oh. Yeah. It was it was so funny though. Yeah, because he's got like this creepy, like maniacal laughter going on and he just keeps like opening the door. Yeah. <laughs> And he, like, laughs for a second, closes it, but he's like, wait, one more time. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God, it's hilarious. And then there is one fun part where they, like, ride in the carts and get to go down into the mines. Mm -hmm. And there's a twist ending, but I really love this movie and Mm -hmm. do recommend it. So I'm not going to tell you guys what the ending is. Gonna have to watch. Gonna have to watch. I'm gonna have to watch. (laughs) (laughs) I'll I'll tell you off off, off podcast. (laughs) It'll be our secret. (laughs) New episodes of the podcast are released on Mondays. We record them live on Twitch on Monday evenings at 5.30 p.m. Mountain Time slash 7.30 p.m. Eastern. We alternate channels every week, so follow both of your hosts. You can find Cleo at Pink Matter Games, and you can find Momo at MomoQuest. Mainstream Valentine's is a lot less spooky than our examples from our resident scream queen, Cleo. Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. I do it all for you. Thank you. I appreciate it because I I don't foresee myself watching Bloody Valentine as funny as the bartender's joke was. Oh my goodness. But let's lighten the mood. It's only right to mention this genre of game on the most romantic day of the year. And I'm thinking of dating sims and Atomies. Love it. 
For everyone who's not familiar with these genres, dating sims or romance simulation games are a video game subgenre of the simulation gaming genre. So if you like The Sims, like Stardew, those types of games, um, but they have a romantic element in them. So dating sims are often dialogue heavy and focus on time management. The player must Oof. befriend and carefully build and maintain a relationship with one or more characters. Usually more. Yes. <laughs> but I feel like that's the fun part. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Yeah. Another genre that is close to this are Atomi games or Atojis. They are story-based video games that are targeted towards women. Generally, one of the goals, besides working your way through the main story, is to develop a romantic relationship between the female player slash main character and one of the second lead male characters. That's usually the typical formula for an Atoji. They're cute, and it's kind of mm -hmm. like reading a book. Yes, very, very heavy in that. And I think these are two gaming genres that we're actually pretty familiar with. So like, what are some of I've the games that you've played? Yeah. some dating sims. Yeah. <laughs> played a handful, actually. Mm -hmm. Arcade Spirits is a fun one. Ooh. That one, you work in a video game arcade mm -hmm. in a universe where those didn't go out of style. Yeah. And you get to romance a handful of different characters who either work with you at the arcade or mm -hmm. are just like popular yeah. regular guests. So that one is super cute. And I I think arcades are fun. So yes. I like the idea. Also, I thought Spirits was going to be Ghosts, mm -hmm. but it's not. Oh. But it's still a good game. Yeah. <laughs> but if you are looking for something with a little bit more fantasy, Arcadia Fallen is yeah. real good. That's a fun decision-based game, and it focuses really heavy on a main story and also, like, your personality development. The choices that you make, like, determine how your personality ends yeah. up at the very end of the game. And then I think you get, like, a personality report, <laughs> which I think is kind of cool because then it, like, gives yeah. you a little bit more background on mm -hmm. the choices that you're making yeah. because it tells you, like, what personality trait is associated with each option. Yeah. But you also have romantic candidates in that mm -hmm. game as well mm -hmm. but it's quite easy to accidentally romance the wrong person in that one so if you do play be careful <laughs> yeah Icky. my key was our favorite <laughs> some of my favorite regular simulation games mm -hmm. uh that do involve dating mechanics are stardew valley and story of seasons where you get to live on your own farm and romance a partner to come live on your farm with you. Mm -hmm. Doki Doki Literature Club is mm -hmm. another spooky example. Yeah. Well, it's too spooky. I have not played that one. <laughs> yeah, I haven't gotten very far because I'm scared. Yeah. <laughs> but that one's cute. If you're a boy that joins a poetry club with only girls mm -hmm. and then they all kind of have crushes on you, but it's very dark. So yeah, that, that one is not for the faint of heart. How was the disclaimer? I don't think that romance is this is the main theme of that game. <laughs> <laughs> the only true Atome that I have actually played is Cafe Enchanté, which is fabulous, but very, very reading heavy. Yeah. But you get to play as a human girl who inherits a cafe from her grandfather. But this cafe has a secret door in the back that leads to the supernatural worlds. And all of your guests are like demons and fairies and things instead of normal people. And then you get to romance them, the fantasy characters. 
also the demon king is like really good at making coffee so <laughs> and he's hot oh it's a plus mm-hmm. yeah that's a good one yeah but those are the only ones i've really played mm-hmm. i'm always intrigued though by like monster prom or there's even a dead by daylight dating sim mm-hmm. where you get to date all the different killers yeah it's quite the genre definitely which ones have you played momo yeah, so kind of like you, I think I've just kind of dabbled in a lot of similar games. And I'm someone who definitely considers the game good if there's just like one character for me to be obsessed with. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And this is actually like kind of like a hard genre for me to break in for somebody who's like, I wish there was a dating mechanic in this game. I really prefer like simulation games that have dating mm-hmm. sim elements, very much like Stardew Valley. In 2022, my game of the year was Potion Permit. I loved it. It was yes. just like about foraging, making potions, diagnosing. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. And they're actually going to be coming out with more content this year and they're going to include some more love interests. So I'm very interested Ooh. to see if they're going to like... Are you going to get a divorce? One of the villagers. <laughs> I actually might <laughs> buy it on Steam and do another save oh, but each game comes with three save files so you could have different save files oh, okay mm, yeah so that one's a really fun one which is just also like another simulation that has that dating sim element to it and kind of like you i've only played one true tome which i've done a few routes in i think i have like two or three left which are like the most popular ones <laughs> that's the thing for me is that like the guides are always like do these ones last yeah. i'm like but that's the one i want to do first <laughs> I know, right? And the, but the, some of them won't open up to you do certain yeah, ones first. Give you too. the right options, and yeah. I get it. I know. I'm a big fan of decision based <laughs> games. Yeah, I'm trying to. I'm trying but, to break into that too. It's interesting. It's so fun. Yeah, but the one who told me that I have played is very on brand for this episode, being Valentine's Day, is called Cupid Parasite. Ooh. Yes. So the synopsis says: In finding love for the Parasite Five. Will Cupid find love herself? What's love got to do with it? So in this game, you play as Lynette Mirror, Cupid Corporation's Ooh. top bridal advisor. But you're not actually a human. You're actually the goddess of love, Cupid. <laughs> yeah, you're there Ooh. to kind of prove that you don't need your bone arrow to make people fall in love. You can do it on your own. Do it own. with matchmaking. Yeah, trying to prove yourself to your, your dad <laughs> in this game. Love it. I love it. And the game starts out with her being like the top bridal advisor. And she really is trying to like make her way up the chain. So her CEO assigns her to the Parasite Five, which I'll talk a little bit more. But overall, this Satoji is very lighthearted. It's kind of an outlier, I think, in the genre because it's so like upbeat. It's got very bright visuals, super Most catchy of them are music. Very dark and twisty. Oh, yeah, very much. Like a lot of my friends who play a lot of Atojis were like, this one's very different. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, well, kind of seems like my vibe because I'm like, I don't know, <laughs> more into lighthearted stuff when I'm playing a game. So. I get that. Yeah, so it was very nice. It takes a lot of inspiration from Greek mythology. So, like I said, you play as Cupid, you interact with a couple other different gods when you're in what they call Celestia, which is like the the godly realm. Um, And like I said, you're working at Cupid Corporation, trying to be a top matchmaker, and you're assigned to the Parasite 5. So these are the five bachelors who the agency has been unable to find a match for. The five duds. Yeah. (laughs) And also happen to be the five main leads or love interests. (laughs) 
of course. Yeah. So quickly, I'll just go through them because they're kind of silly, like a little bit. Like, I don't know. I just thought they were interesting. So the first one is Gil Lovecraft, the lovelorn parasite. <laughs> they give them all mm. a name. So he's your love former it. roommate who's obsessed with a former love. Can't get over oh. it. So he's hard to, to match with anybody new because he won't shut up about this other girl. Yep. Boring. Yep. Nobody wants to hear that on a date. No, <laughs> no. Which makes it very hard for him to be matched up. Um, the second one is Shelby Snail, the prestige parasite. A little bit of a spoiler here, but if you've watched the trailer, you already know. <laughs> this is actually your overachieving boss, the CEO of Cupid Corporation, who is participating oh. anonymously. That seems mm -hmm. like a conflict of interest. <laughs> a little bit. So his whole premise is that PR has posed him as like this very loving husband, but you never see his wife because he doesn't have a wife. So he's trying oh. to use this to find one to find one yeah and he's doing it anonymously because PR side he has everyone needs wife. to think that yeah, he already has one yeah okay okay I see it's like spy craft yeah a little bit <laughs> so his secretary is his representative so that route is when I played is that's very interesting. The third one, Raul Econite. He is the obsessed parasite. He's actually an actor who is there to oh. learn about love because he's got an upcoming role in a big movie. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. He's just he's just doing some research, you know, some research. And he has an obsession over something. It's the only thing he talks about. It's not interested mm. in anything else. Just this one topic. Sounds right. Yeah. Our fourth parasite is Kaysian Ryuki, the glamour parasite. Fancy. Yeah, very fancy. He's youngest at 19. He runs a fashion label. And although mm. he is very successful, he is overly obsessed with appearances and he is so snobbish that he will not interact with anyone who he deems as a grade c or lower <laughs> yeah he's a very interesting character okay and then the last one we have is alan melville the thieving parasite he's kind of like a dark emo <laughs> kind of character too which i thought was interesting he is obsessed with pillows and beds he talks about them a lot obsessed with pillows yeah <laughs> yeah Heard. okay yeah uh, this bachelor is only interested in women who are already in love with someone else so you can oh. see how that's a little problematic if you're trying to set them up at a marriage mm -hmm. agency <laughs> interesting yeah very interesting group totally know why they are the parasite five just from that intro makes sense yeah it makes sense mm -hmm. So each bachelor offers a different story path, which whatever one you lock yourself into. And they also have a few different endings. I think there's like a good ending, a neutral ending, and then a bad ending. And mm -hmm. unlike most Toji's, this one, like the bad ending is usually just like sad, not like tragic. <laughs> so that's also like yeah. if you're looking for like a lighthearted game, this is probably more what you're looking for. A beginner, Atome. <laughs> yeah, I would, I would say that it is. Yeah. From the three paths that I played, there was one that I really liked, one that was like so so and then one that was like just like the bachelor was a little much and then the story kind of became chaotic <laughs> it was just like what the heck is going on so it's definitely interesting from the playthroughs that i did i know the one or two the two or three that i have left are ones that people really love but like, i gotta be honest it's yeah. like really hard for me <laughs> to do so much reading there's so much reading it's so time intensive too and mm -hmm. i would definitely recommend playing with a guide because i did not <laughs> 
and I got a bad ending and it was very upset because I had played for like, I think it was like seven hours or something. I was like, oh my God, oh, what is happening? So it was a lot of time to invest. To get, well, and I didn't yeah. know either the trick about like multiple save files. I like, know, you I just, didn't know you that. You save after certain yeah. decisions just in case like you need to yep. go back. So use a guide because they will tell you to do that. I know there's like, I remember seeing like a yeah. hundred save spots. I'm like, what the heck? That's so many. And I'm like, oh. Now I understand. Now I, get it. <laughs> I had to learn the hard way. Still don't learn the hard way. It's okay. So did I. <laughs> yeah. But this is definitely, like you said, it's pretty beginner friendly. If you want to play a more lighthearted game, that's more upbeat. But I will say this game definitely has its spicy moments, though, that caught me off guard. I was like, whoa, what's... It's a romance. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah the... Hot and heavy romance. Yeah. So just be prepared <laughs> if you're going to play a game like that. Follow us on Twitter at SpookyPastaPod for more updates. You can also find us on Tumblr and Patreon.com slash SpookyPastaSauce. See you there! There are many ways to celebrate Valentine's Day, and it doesn't necessarily have to be just about love, revenge, or fertility. <laughs> it could just be about celebrating your gal pals. Yes! Not an official holiday, but more of a pre-Valentine's celebration is Galentine's Day, almost as important as February 14th itself because it honors the people who are always there for you, oftentimes in ways that your significant other can't be. So don't forget to celebrate your lady pals. This holiday or pre-Valentine's celebration is celebrated on February 13th, and the whole point is to honor the connection you have with your lady friends, whether they're single or not, and shower them with love and attention more than you do any other day. Sort of like Friendsgiving, but with cards and stuff. <laughs> it's more centered around female bonding and empowerment. But where did Galentine's Day come from? Cosmopolitan credits Parks and Rec's Leslie Nope with creating this holiday. After that episode aired, Galentine's Day was unofficially added to everyone's calendar. It's such a widely recognized fake holiday that some companies run Galentine's Day promotions. <laughs> I love that. I love Parks and Rec. Have you watched Parks and Rec? Me too. Yes. Oh my God. It's so good. And honestly, like I used to work in local government. So I kind of felt like I was closely nope at times. I was like, oh my God, this is too relatable. You and all your binders. Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, it's so bad. It's like, it's really bad how similar we are. Oh man. Oh my gosh. I love it. Yeah. So Galentine's Day originally was talked about on Parks and Rec in season two, episode 16, where Leslie Nope says, oh, it's only the best day of the year. Every February 13th, my lady friends and I leave our husbands and our boyfriends at home and we just come and kick it breakfast style. Ladies celebrating ladies. I love it. <laughs> Very cute. So I do love it. I love Leslie Nope. Me too. And who wouldn't want to celebrate with breakfast? Yeah. Oh my gosh, right? Breakfast food. Definitely one of my favorites. So. Oh, best meal of the day. Mm -hmm. I agree. I agree. So Galentine's Day isn't only for women. I know we've been saying a lot about like gals, but at heart, it's definitely a celebration of friendship and people who stick by your side. So you can celebrate with any and all friends, no matter their gender, orientation, etc. It's all about showing the most important people in your life how much you care about them. 
And just like that, there's also no right or wrong way to celebrate. Throw a party, sleep over, go out with your friends, have a self-care day. Game night. Love it. Go out for drinks, go to breakfast. Yes, absolutely. And if you have a long distance bestie, send a card or care package and have a Zoom call to celebrate. There's just so many ways (laughs) to spend this day. Just think about it as an elevated hangout, whatever that means to you. Okay, so next we're going to be doing a little Valentine's Day special treat for everybody to celebrate with our hosts here. Let's get to know each other better with a little speed dating. So let's ask each other some get to know your questions. I feel like I'm playing a dating sim. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Goes along with that. Very How well. cute. How <laughs> on theme of us. On theme. All right. Well, we have some Valentine's-related questions we can talk about to get to know each other a little bit better. And then we also have a lightning round of this or that question. (laughs) So we'll start out with our romance stuff. Momo, who do you like to marry in Stardew Valley? Zero hesitations. It's always Sam. (laughs) My favorite. Always. Yeah. <laughs> it's always so hard to pick another bachelor if I'm playing the game. Okay, that's fine. I I'm only married in one of my save files in Stardew Valley, and I married Abigail. Aw, I like Abigail. She's a good wife. She's good and her aesthetic is mm-hmm. is cute with the purple. I feel yeah. like it it works with, yeah. with the game. For sure, for sure. <laughs> But now that I have mods, I don't know. That whole thing might change. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Especially if you do expanded. A lot uh, more options. Okay. Next question. What is your favorite romance anime? Ooh, mine is definitely Fruits Basket. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. It's a good one. It's so cute. Mm-hmm. And I just started reading the manga. So nice. I, I'm all about the romance vibes this year. Mm-hmm. Do you want to give a little about it's about this high school girl who ends up living with the hottest guy in her class basically (laughs) (laughs) who just so happens to be a member of the chinese zodiac and he's part of a family and all of them are these supernatural ish creatures that turn into the Uh animals from the chinese zodiac each person turns into a different animal Uh It's very cute. So it's a little magical fantasy vibe plus uh-huh. romance. So I'm into it. It's it's great if you're looking for something nice and lighthearted for the most part. Very cute. Yeah. Okay. For me, I have two. Oh. I kind of pick between the two. So my first one that I like a lot is called Bodokai. Okay. Love is hard for otaku. So it's about two co-workers who are also like former childhood okay. friends. And they are both nerds. Love it. <laughs> the girl, she's into like boys love manga. Like she, I think she writes a boys love manga. And then she's also like a hardcore gamer. Cute. And then he is also like a hardcore gamer, like legit. And also like collects figurines. And they're both just like nerdy. Love it. I love that. <laughs> and at first she doesn't want to like date him. But then they end up together in the show. So 
That one's a really cute one. I'm very excited that the uh, box set for it is coming Ooh. out, I think this month, the end of this month. So I'm excited to finally read that one. And the other one that kind of stands on par, it's not as lighthearted, is called Love of Kill. And if you watch this, you have to watch it in subtitle, not in the dub. Oh. I watched it in dub and I was like, no, this is all wrong. They make him seem like a creep. <laughs> <laughs> so you can't watch it in dub. You have to watch oh, it in okay. sub. About an assassin and a bounty hunter. Oh. Kind of like their story. Yeah, I, I don't know how to say much about it without giving away a lot of the plot but it's pretty good i like it and it's like one of the few bongos that i had to like binge read i love that <laughs> and it left off at the worst possible in spot. the anime or the manga in the manga <gasps> like such such a cliffhanger uh. and i was like no so i heard that i think the last volume is going to be released soon so i think it may have come to an end but i'm like still a little heartbroken Ooh. so i got <laughs> I gotta read it though and find out what happens because it's it's a really it's like just like one of those stories that grabs you and like really pulls you. You, know you what just I mean? need to know how it ends. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Mm-hmm. Okay, what is your favorite Valentine's Day themed episode of Bob's Burgers? Bob's Burgers, of course. Oh my gosh, there's so many good Valentine's Day episodes, but one comes to mind. <laughs> It's the one where Tina and Jimmy Jr. are kind of broken up and she's like really devastated. So her mom takes her and Louise out for like girls' night on Valentine's Day with the limo driver. They have their own Valentine's Day. Yeah, that's also my favorite one. Girl power. That one's good. I think it's hilarious that Bob and Jean get stuck on that trapeze artist thing. (laughs) I won't let go. If I pee in the suit, does that mean I get to keep it? (laughs) Oh my god, so hilarious. Uh, uh, how about you? That one for sure. Definitely that one. Mm-hmm. With the limo, mm-hmm. and they end up at the same yep. restaurant that Jimmy Jr. is at with his. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a classic. Yeah. Nat, right? That's the yes. one And I love that she she's like became a return character. character. Yes. <laughs> yes. Anytime she's in an episode, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's hilarious. Okay. Do you have a favorite rom-com or romance movie? I was trying to think about it. And at first I was like, I don't even like rom-coms. But then I was like, wait, no, my mom and I used to actually watch those when I was younger. So my favorite rom-com is Head Over Heels. What was that? This girl who she's, I think she's supposed to be nerdy, but she doesn't look very nerdy. But she works Uh at an art museum, like restoring paintings. She ends up moving into this room in an apartment with all of these models. (laughs) And she meets this hot guy that lives across the way. So like they can see into his windows of his apartment in the next Mm -hmm. building, like over from the windows of their apartment. So there's some like rear window vibes going on where they are watching what's happening in his apartment, but they obviously don't have full context. And so they think they see him murder somebody. (laughs) But it turns out he's a secret agent and that was his partner. And they needed to like, they needed to like fake. I don't know. It's good. She falls in love with this guy who's like sort of maybe a secret agent and stuff. And it's it's funny. Yeah. Cute. But my favorite romance movie is definitely Phantom of the Opera. 
Oh, yeah. Phantom is good. So good. For so many yeah. categories. <laughs> yes. Agreed. Agreed. This one actually is kind of hard. I like I like rom-coms, but none of them like really like stood out in my head. I think the only thing maybe I don't know if this fits in rom-com or romance movie, but I really like the movie Valentine's mm, Day. Mm-hmm. It's like obsessed with it. For I feel years. like that's it's a so rom com. Yeah, yeah. It's, so it's like a mega cast. I want to say there's probably like five or six couples that you follow, and it's like they're different love stories, all revolving kind of around Valentine's Day. But at the same time, they're all kind of like they kind of stories over. where they, yeah, they kind of like certain people know each other or like just different parts. Yeah, they like yeah. all cross. Yeah. So and I think just that style of storytelling is fun. Very interesting. The time it oh, came yeah. out. Oh so, yeah, I remember that yeah. was a big thing. When that movie came out, because yeah. I feel like there was another one mm-hmm. that was yeah New Year's Eve. <laughs> well, and then there was even one more that was very similar to both of oh, those. I'm okay. trying to think of what it was. I'll never remember. I've seen way too many movies, but yeah, there there was like a period of time yeah. when there were like four or five movies like that that were just being released yeah. one right after yeah. the other. Mm-hmm. It was like the it thing mm-hmm. to do, but I really like that one. It was pretty good. Good answer. Yeah. What is your favorite Valentine's Day treat? Ooh, now this is a tough one because I'm like foodie for uh-huh. snacks. I actually really like chocolate. Ooh, me too. Valentine's is a good holiday for me because I like the chocolate. But um, I actually really like red velvet oh. too. Like red velvet mm-hmm. cake. It's like a pretty good Valentine's Day treat that I really like. I am also a big fan of chocolate, but (laughs) for whatever reason, I kind of always associate Valentine's Day with like angel food cake. You know how like when you have it with the strawberries on top and whipped cream? Yeah. Just seems like a very Valentine-y treat to me. Oh, yeah. I totally agree. But also maybe it's just because I haven't had that in so long that I'm like, oh, that sounds really good. And it looks cute. (laughs) Yeah, it sounds super cute. I can't remember the last time I had angel food cake. So right? good. Yum. Okay. And now our last question. What is your ideal date night? Ooh, my ideal date night would be probably a night at home where my husband makes dinner. Or you uh-huh. could interchange that with like going out to a nice dinner. But honestly, I really haven't gone out to eat that often since covid yeah. So probably a nice night in uh, where my husband makes dinner and then probably watch a movie while we eat our dinner and hang out and then definitely stay up way too late playing video games together. <laughs> Very cute. Love it. I think for us. Yeah, we don't we don't go out too often. There are certain foods that like we can't make it home so i guess my ideal date night would probably be going out for a hot pot because it is like (laughs) my favorite thing to do and maybe like i'm pretty basic so probably going to a movie or seeing like a live show or an art exhibit Mm -hmm. honestly probably going to the last one my ideal date night like going to hot pot and then checking out an art exhibit of some sort i wish we had good museums here then i feel like i would add that to my answer Uh uh-huh yeah. When I think nice. about it, I'm like, yes, that's something we do when we travel. I'm not like, oh, we could do yeah. that for date night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I totally get that. <laughs> but that's cute. I love that for you guys. Mm-hmm. All righty. Are you prepared for the lightning round? Ooh, yeah. I'm I'm pretty indecisive, but I'll try first, to. <laughs> first instincts, okay? Yeah, first instincts, okay. All righty. Okay. This or that? valentine's edition cards or jewelry cards probably cards yeah yeah okay flowers or chocolates chocolate 
Yeah, I think I'd go. I want too. my answer to be flowers. Like I would love for somebody <laughs> to give me flowers, but yeah, yeah. No, chocolate's a more practical gift. <laughs> okay, boba or iced coffee? Oh, boba. Coffee, iced coffee. Yep. Okay, that was actually pretty hard. That was really hard one. Okay, next one: ice cream or brownies? Ice cream. Yeah, ice cream too. Sweet or salty? Oh, I want to go salty. Sweet. Yeah, that's so hard with you. I do like both, okay. but yes, yeah, probably. Same. <laughs> I would say sweet wins out more often. Italian or Asian cuisine? Mm, Italian. I just can't I, beat good pasta. Go Asian, I don't yeah. know. That's so true. <laughs> that's so true. There's just so many different. That one, I know Asian that one was really, like really hard for me too. KBBQ. Exactly. Yeah. 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 But I could literally <laughs> eat pasta for any meal or prepared in any fashion and it would be amazing. Very true. Very true. Okay. Another food one. Burgers or sushi. <laughs> this is a really tough one. I'm gonna say burgers. Sushi. I really love burgers. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so surprised we have so many opposite answers. Yeah. This <laughs> uh, is funny. Okay. Okay, let's go into movies. Serious romance or rom com? Rom com. Yeah, rom-com too. Alrighty. How about horror movies or romance movies? <laughs> I'm like, would I pick a romance movie over a horror movie? I don't, I don't, I feel like neutral on both. Although after you talked about Bloody uh, Valentine, I would pick that movie. I'll yeah, yeah. I'm winning her over, <laughs> bringing her to the dark side. It's working. Uh, I feel like we knew your answer oh, for this one. obviously though. horror. Yeah, yeah, obviously. Sorry, I was like, I don't even need to answer that question. Yeah, you're totally fine. Okay, next one. Reality TV or Hallmark Ooh, movie? Reality. Always reality TV. Yeah, me too. It just, you can't beat reality TV. It's so bad, it's good. It's real. So that's good. Okay, well, 90 Day Fiance or Say Yes to the Dress. Oh my God. If this was like 10 years ago, I would say Yes to the Dress in a heartbeat. But since it's not 90 Day Fiance. Same, I would have the same answer because I really did go through a phase where I was so into Say Yes to oh, the Dress. Yeah. <laughs> um, but if it was on, I had to yeah, watch it. But as an adult, I just say can't get enough of 90 Day Fiance. It's amazing. I don't know what it is about but that it's show. It's so good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Can't stop watching it. Okay. Let's get into a little bit more of the romance themed. Getting proposed to on Valentine's Day or Christmas? I would have to say Valentine's Day because I would hope you would be on a date, just the two of you. But if it's Christmas, there's the <laughs> risk that you're in front of a giant group of people. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't like that either. Yeah. I don't Valentine's Day. I, I do like Valentine's Day. Very romantic. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. And then if you Cute. get proposed to on Christmas, like, is that my Christmas gift also? <laughs> <laughs> These are important questions. Okay. Well, going out. Or having a cozy night in. Oh, I'm cozy night in 80% of the time. For sure. I'm like yeah, same. Honestly, though. Yeah. I Like, I enjoy <laughs> going out. I think it's fun to go on dates every once yeah. in a while. Mm -hmm. But no, I, I definitely enjoy staying at home. Mm -hmm. Same thing. Okay, and our last question, gifts or quality time? Mm -hmm. This one, I think I'm going to have to say quality time for what I would like to receive. But I really mm -hmm. do love giving gifts. <laughs> 
Yeah, I I totally understand. Yeah, I was thinking about that earlier, too. I was like, I like giving gifts, but, you know, I think I'm at a point where like quality time just matters mm-hmm. more. Now that I'm an adult. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that was fun. I feel like that was pretty speedy. Yes. Very speedy. That lightning round really went through it. Do you feel like you're playing a dating sim? Oh, my God. A little bit. So what route are we on? The good route? Neutral route? Bad well, route? I would have said good, but I'm a little shocked that we had mm-hmm. so many different answers. So maybe it's neutral. Honestly, I'm kind of shocked too. <laughs> I guess we're twins when it comes to everything except for Valentine's Day. <laughs> uh, thank you all for joining us this month and listening to Spooky Pasta Sauce. We hope your Valentine's Day is more chocolates and romance than sacrifices and slashers. We'll see you next week, creepy crew.